Hello, beautiful creatures. How's it going? Welcome to Confessions of a Witch podcast. My name is Samantha, and I've been a practicing witch for 10 years. Witchcraft is a huge part of who I am in my day-to-day life. I'm creating this podcast to share my knowledge and journey with you. As I learn and grow within my craft, I hope to be of value to you on your journey, either through knowledge or companionship or both. So today we're going to be talking about elements and correspondence. (gasps) (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm really tired. I just went back to work yesterday for the first time since COVID had started and it kicked my butt, but it was so great. It was so, so good. I'm not complaining. Don't mind my yawns. Um, I would like to apologize in advance if this um, recording isn't as clear as it normally is. It's because I don't have my microphone with me, so I'm just using my phone's microphone. So it might sound a little bit different. Okay, so we're going to be talking about the elements and their correspondence today. We're also going to talk a little bit about symbols, and we're also going to be talking about the moon and its phases and types of magic and things that you can do during those phases of the moon. So grab a coffee, if you're like me, (laughs) Um, grab some water or a tea, get cozy, grab a book, and take down some notes if you want to keep track of this. So everything that surrounds us is made up of one or more of the elements. So the classical elements, which are air, fire, water, and earth. Um, Just as we get to know the gods and goddesses as individuals, we also need to get to know and develop relationships with each of the elements as individuals as well. Um, We must come to understand every nuance of their characters individually and how they interact with each other and with us. And you'll find correspondences, these correspondences in astrology, tarot, alchemy, different areas. They're literally everywhere. Um, So I'm going to read out loud to you a really nice description I found that gives some good information. The concept of elemental states has been around since at least the time of ancient Greeks. So what is now called the four classical elements, earth, air, fire, and water, were were discussed by the great philosophers. These four substances were said to make up all of the matter. Nothing physical existed that was not composed of one or more of them. This elemental paradigm informed the medical practices of Greek society as well as their spiritual traditions. Oh, good lord. I'm so sorry. And ultimately came to influence the discovery of the physical elements of modern chemistry today. The Greeks were hardly the only ones to grasp this concept. And they probably weren't the first. I think they were probably just one of the earlier ones that were able to see that this is something that they grasped and understood and went with. Um, But this concept is also found in one form or another in ancient Greek, Babylonia, Hinduism, Buddhism, and religions within China and Japan. So the Eastern traditions do differ a bit in the recognition of the elements. So for example, In Chinese astrology, they have wood and metal as individual elements as well, which I find actually very interesting. I've never studied wood and metal as elements, so maybe I should look into that. Might might learn some stuff. And um, Indian philosophy adds akasha, or space, as a fifth element. So the term akasha was later borrowed, or 
stolen by Western occultists and is used for some of the Wiccan traditions to refer to as spirit. Other traditions use the term as ether, A-E-T-H-E-R, which was Aristotle's addition to the original Greek system, which had a very similar meaning as well. So the elements are individual spiritual energies and are part of our craft. So for myself, I use them when I call them at the beginning of a ritual. I use them when I'm doing any type of magical work. And I actually use them as well when I do my tarot and oracle card readings before every reading. Um, as I'm shuffling the deck, I call upon gods or goddesses, my my spirit guides, and I also call the elements too. Because the reason why I chose to do this is because the elements are in the tarot cards as well. So you got earth fire, water, and air. So I thought that it would be important to call upon them. You don't have to do this. This is something that I just choose to do. And a fun fact, did you know that every crystal, herb, and color has specific elemental associations? And not just those, but other natural objects can be used to represent the elements. So for example, you can represent water with a seashell, air can be represented with a feather, earth with a stone, and fire with a candle. You can use a candle for air and for fire. Um, and when these correspondence, correspondences are con, con, consciously acknowledged, you guys must think I'm really stupid sometimes when I talk because I just stumble over everything. I sound so much better when you just like read what I have written and then it's like I open my mouth to read out what I've said, like written down and I'm like, oh, I'm just stumbling all over this. So I'm sorry and thank you for listening to my stumbling words. Um, When these correspondences are consciously acknowledged and the assistance of the elements formally requested, powerful powerful spell work can result. Oh good lord, here we go. Um, So I'm just going to go over a few different things for each of the correspondences with each of the elements. so if you do want to write this down and you don't have a, a notebook or something, now would be the time to pause this and go grab it. Um, and a lot of these you can find easily online. So for air, a correspond- correspondence of air would be for the direction, it's east. For its color, it's yellow. For its magical tool, you could use a sword or athame. Its season is spring. The time of life that air would be would be considered childhood. Time of day would be dawn. And elemental being would be sylphs. And the tarot correspondence would be swords. And with air, your zodiac signs would be Gemini, Libra, or Aquarius. Air is also correspondence with intelligence, innocence, freedom, mental processes, beginnings, planning, study, psychic, development. Fire is the next one and its correspondences are for the direction itself, its color is red, magical tool would be a wand, its season is summer, its time of life is adolescence, Its time of day is noon. Its elemental being is salamanders, which I find so cute. And its tarot is the wands. 
So for zodiac signs, it would be Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. And some words that would go with fire would be will, passion, creativity, purification, movement, initiation, desire, the hearth, inspiration, healing, work, energy, and anger. Water and its correspondences are the direction is west, the color is blue, its magical tool is cup or a cauldron, its season is autumn, its time of life is adulthood, time of day is dusk, elemental being is Undin, U-N-D-I-N-E, its tarot is cups, and its zodiac sign is Cancer, Scorpio, or Pisces. Some words to go with it is understanding, compassion, reflection, calm, integration, process, cleaning, nurturing, the womb, regeneration, intuition, and empathy. So the next one is earth. This is the last one. So the direction would be north, the color would be green, the magical tool would be a pentacle, its season would be winter, the time of life would be old age, the time of day would be midnight, its elemental being is a gnome, the tarot cards would be either pentacles or coins depending on the cards, its zodiac signs would be Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Some words to go with earth would be wisdom, surety, confidence, stability, silence, application, product, death, rebirth, grounding, and material. So let's talk about symbols and symbology within witchcraft. So I'm not going to go into a bunch of them. I'm going to go into the main one and talk a little bit about symbols. So, symbology is the study or interpretation of symbols or symbolism, and it's the use of symbols. Not every object is just an object. It's not merely as it first appears. Look beyond the physical and obvious aspects. So a fun way to practice looking for symbology or symbolism is to pick up an object from your altar if you already have one. If not, keep this in mind when you're picking up items for your altar. You might have a specific reason for placing it there or you might have just been drawn to it when you got it. Try and think and feel everything that that object represents. And like I had explained before, consider all the possibilities all the possible uses and connections it makes with the elements, correspondences. Close your eyes and visualize in different situations. Look for correspondences and representations of the elements as you go about your daily life as well. So the main symbol I'm going to talk about is the star. And by the star, I mean the pentacle. It's also known as the witch's star or the druid's foot, which I thought was kind of cute. 
So traditionally, each of the five angles has been attributed to one of the elements. So you have earth, which is your lower left-hand corner, fire, which is your lower right-hand corner, water, which is your right up-hand corner, air is your up left-hand corner, and then at the very top, at the point, would be spirit. I'm kind of giving you a second to write that all down. And when the pentagram is placed within a circle, so when you draw a circle around it, the circle symbolizes eternity and unity. Its energy is focused and then directed. Um, this is my favorite symbol. I absolutely love it. I had a ring with a pentagram on it. Unfortunately, the bottom of it broke. It was just, it was very thin. So with the amount of work I do with my hands day to day, it ended up cracking. I still have it somewhere. And I also have a pentagram pendant that I wear. And speaking of circles, let's talk about the moon. So we have our Sabbaths, but what's called not everyone practices this or calls it this, but ESBATS, E-S-B-A-T-S. So these are rituals held at the time of a full moon, but can also be held during other phases of the moon as well. They're less elaborate than Sabbaths and tend to be more of a time for meditation, working magic, healing, and the focus of the work done at an ESBAT or during the moon cycles will be different and will vary depending on the need or the desires of what it is that you're trying to do. So you guys all would have heard new moon, waxing moon, full moon, and waning moon. But I'm going to add in another one here and it's going to be called the dark moon. So this is the date indicated on most calendars as the new moon. So you can easily find that on your calendar. But in some crafts, the new moon and the dark moon are recognized as having different energies. So the dark moon is the time when the moon stops waning, so it stops getting smaller, and begins waxing, which means getting bigger. So the energy is in a state of flux, so it's changing. This is a time for being quiet, looking inward, doing shadow work. People don't typically work magic at this time, but they may do healing work, which again ties in with the shadow work that I just mentioned. And the dark of the moon is also a good time for methods of divination. So then that leads us into our new moon. So the new moon and its time is the first two or three days roughly following the dark moon. So when the crescent starts to become more visible, it's a good time for celebrating new beginnings or doing magic which involves growth so that this can be mental, physical, or spiritual. And if you listened to my previous podcast, I've talked about mental, physical, and spiritual work and things that you can work with. So the next one is waxing moon. So as the moon starts to get bigger, as it grows, the energies of growth grow with it. So the day of the full moon and the day or two just before the calendar day of the full moon are great times for doing magic, for bringing something to you. So something like a new job, prosperity, good luck, those kind of things. So then we have our full moon. The full moon is the best time for concentrating 
sorry, consecrating tools, charging jewelry, working magic, and bringing something to you as well as raising energy. And then the last but not the least is the waning moon. This is the time that the moon is starting to grow smaller, so it's waning, and it's best for doing magic, for removing something from your life. Bad habits. <coughs> Bless me. <laughs> Sorry. Bad habits, stress, or possibly people, if you have people in your life that you don't want there and they need to move along. So what your homework if you would like to do what would be is I want you to look at the elements in your area, make a list of the correspondences. So if you're like me in Northern Canada, you will, Northern Canada, in Canada, north of the US, um, you would probably do the same as what I do, which is earth, fire, water, and air. If not, maybe you're gonna add in wood or metal, maybe one or the other, maybe both. And what I want you to do for each of them is I want you to look at what color goes with it, what direction goes with it, what tool goes with it, what tarot card would go with it, zodiac signs, so that could be the sun sign or the moon sign, both, or both, and elemental beings, gods and goddesses that go with them. If you have looked at different gods and goddesses, do any of them kind of specifically work with one of those and write them down? different symbols that can go, sorry, symbols, different symbols which are important to you. Um, you can also do symbols for the elements as well. So I want you to look at the star if this is something that you want to incorporate in your craft. If not, that's totally okay. And I want you to look at each of the elements and write it down and just kind of maybe write like a little paragraph what that means to you and what that represents to you. And then for the moon magic, I want you to make a list of things that you would like to work on using magic. So different aspects of your life that you feel like, okay, I've done a lot of work, but it's not, it's just not going anywhere. It's not doing what I want it to do. I need a little extra help. I need some magical help. So I want you to make a list of these things and what category would they fall under? So what time of the month would be best used for them? So would it be the waning moon or a full moon, the waxy moon, new moon, or the dark moon. So I want you to write out what the moon time is and when that is. And I find what I like to do is I actually write it on my calendar so I can see, and then you can even just color code it. So have a color code for each of them and just highlight the bottom of it. And then you can be like, okay, between the third and the fifth, this is a great time to do this type of magic. And that kind of helps you plan out your month for your magic. Again, I like to be super organized with things, so just something I've thought of doing. I don't know if that helps. Let me know if that helps. If you have any questions about today's topics, please reach out. I can be found on my Instagram page at Confessions of a Witch or on Facebook under the same name. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful evening and blessed to be.